Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And I'm Ozzy. In this episode, we'll be reviewing Season 1 of The Defenders and recapping the latest episode of Game of Thrones. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Ozzy, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Um, lots of TV that's been going on, so I, I'm a little overwhelmed in that sense. I've been watching a lot of TV recently. Like, it's not even funny. And then we have a weird movie situation going on because, like, you've gotten a movie and I'm getting it a week later, and it's just, I don't know. We're in a weird place with the podcast right now, but it is what it is. Um, I'm just excited to be talking Defenders with a guest. Yes, our guest today. He's been on the show two other times, and he's a personal friend of mine, Dennis Morales. Dennis, how you doing, man? Doing awesome. Ready to talk about some superhero stuff. <laughs> and some dragons getting murked. <laughs> Relax. Stop. Okay. All right, we're going to be discussing spoilers here. Uh, well, should we, should we do brief, like, what, like, a brief kind of review of it without spoilers, just so people who are on the maybe they'll watch it, maybe not? Sure. All right. Basically, I mean, the overall question is, is it good and would you recommend it, Ozzy? Yes, it's good <laughs> and I would recommend it. And yes, I would recommend watching all four shows, including Iron Fist, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, definitely watch it. All right, Dennis? I totally would recommend watching all those shows, but I don't blame anyone who doesn't like Iron Fist. <laughs> it, you, it's not really important to the plot at all. Like you kind of learn about uh, the one of the fingers of the hand who died in Iron Fist a little bit more, but that's about it. That's the only really yeah. pretext you need. All the backstory with Kunlun and stuff like that, you get that in Defenders anyway, so it doesn't. Yeah, you're, it's not you're, um, yes, this is it, it's it's really good. <laughs> um, it's one of the. I mean, I'd say it's one of the better of these shows. I I guess that's. Do you want to do this now, or do you want to do it at the end, Do you, where we kind of rank these seasons so far of all these Marvel shows? We can do it after. Okay, we'll do that then. Um, all right, well, from now on, number one, go watch The Defenders, because it's great. But number two, if you haven't watched The Defenders yet, you should probably pause this or skip to Game of Thrones if that's what you're here for, and um, come back later, because The Defenders, we're going to get into it, we're going to talk full spoilers um we're not gonna hold back so this is your spoiler warning all right guys let's get into it and let's talk some defenders um i don't know where do you want to start with this you want to talk about like i guess what was my my question for you guys first before we kind of get into it is who is your favorite of the defenders like who do you think is the i guess mvp of the defenders i'm gonna go ahead and say daredevil okay same exactly <laughs> daredevil is the only one see who really I, had their stuff together the whole time i'm gonna say differently and i know this is probably gonna get me some hate because i know for some reason people don't like the show well some people don't like the show i think it's pretty 50 50 but i think jessica jones is the mvp she was by far my favorite character every time she was on the screen i was like i 
care about what's going on. I think she's the most interesting of the characters, but um, I, I'm not going to knock you on Daredevil. He's definitely number two for me. Um, I I just I love Jessica Jones so much, and I think Kristen Ritter is amazing as Jessica Jones. Um, I don't know. Where, Ozzy, where do you want to start with this show? Uh, we, could just, we could just play it by basically episode by episode All right. if you want to do that. Sure. But, um, how did you feel about Sigourney Reaver setting with Dennis? How do you think? Okay. How do you? How do you like? How do you like her as a villain? As Alexandra? Yes. Okay. Um, no, I think Alexandra was a really cool character because when you think bad guys, you think like people like Bakuto, people like you know Madame Gao. Mm-hmm. You don't think people like a mom? Like she looks like such a mom in everything that she wears. She and is just, a mom, actually. Yeah. I know she's a mom, but it's so weird having like the scariest big bad in the show. Kind of until the end. Um, be someone who looks like a mom. It just totally threw me off. I was like, I'm not really scared of you. And then she does something, and I'm like, ah, oh, oh. <laughs> it's okay. We will bleep that out. <laughs> oh man, I can't help myself. No, it's okay. All right. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think. With her as a villain, she she was definitely interesting i don't think she's my favorite part of the show like i i could have to me electra was the more compelling of the villains quote unquote i guess if she you consider her a villain uh, well she definitely is by the end um but i i think for what she has to do in her role i think she does a very good job it's always good to add someone with kind of an actor like Sigourney Weaver with that kind of pedigree. And she definitely doesn't phone it in in this at all. So, I mean, it's good to have her in it because she's a great actress. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I particularly liked her character. I thought she was really interesting, very powerful, um, very, very menacing as well. I thought I really, I really liked her character, especially, especially her last monologue. I was really into it. And then, mm-hmm. As you know, Electra kind of steals the show. But other than that, I thought she was I thought she was great for what she was in. Especially yeah. liked her interaction with Danny Rand when he goes to Midland Circle. Mm-hmm. So that's um, my thing on it. What do you? Okay, th- this is what I found to be one of the more interesting aspects of, of this series. What What did you guys think of all the different characters, individual storylines, and then how they kind of collided and? How just how the show portrayed every single character's storyline and then them all weaving together by I guess what the third episode is when they kind of come together. I thought that was awesome. I love a slow build up. I yes. love when they're not just like five minutes in and everyone's fighting together and they show you how it started. Now I want I want that slow build. We know all the characters, and I was worried that they weren't going to give a good enough backstory on how we all meet. I mean, we all knew that uh, Midnight or Night Nurse was going to bring them all together at some point, mm-hmm. but. You know, she technically didn't even bring them together. She which, brought Luke Cage and she, yeah, and she brought two of them together. together. Yeah, not really because they met there. They met there yeah. when when Luke Cage and Iron Fist fought, and then regardless, Luke Cage would have gone to Midland Circle. So the whole thing is what 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 was the point of her character being in four different shows <laughs> if I guess if she had nothing to do with them meeting? It's like a nuance importance. It's if she didn't tell them and they didn't have that little talk at Colleen's academy, then as soon as he's in Midlum Circle, he would have beat Iron Fist to the ground too. Yeah. Everyone Luke Cage would have stomped the ground with everybody there. 
it wouldn't have been a problem. Electra would have walked in, and I feel like it just could, it would have been a free for all in there, and that's not something I really wanted to see because they would for sure lose to Electra if there was a free for all. Yeah, and she kind of added this voice of guys, you are all on the same side. And yes, we did get that some, from some of the defenders themselves, but it was nice to hear kind of a quote, a quote unquote third party being like, guys, you're literally all on the same side. <laughs> like, and one that everyone knows. Yes. Because you really shouldn't trust everyone with life and death stuff, but when exactly. you kind of know her, you've been with her, then you, you give them a little pass. Uh-huh. I suppose. One of the coolest things, and uh, this is something I didn't even, like, it didn't even really click with me, but my roommate, Jesse, brought it up when we were watching it, is did you guys notice that, like, every single, when we were in, when we hadn't collided yet, and everyone was having that kind of their own individual storyline and eventually getting to the same point, but when everyone was kind of separate... The, it was shot, every single scene with a certain character was shot just like the show, their own show. Like Jessica Jones, when it was following her, it had the, kind of that purple haze over it, and it kind of felt like I was watching an episode of Jessica Jones. When it was Luke Cage, it felt like I was watching Luke Cage just with the way it was shot. And of course, kind of the way the story was told and things like that. And when it was Daredevil, it was very, very dark. Um, and you're just like, okay, I'm watching Daredevil. But then by the time everything collided, it kind of unified. And I just thought it was really well done in that aspect. Yeah, I really liked how they really shot that. And like, especially with the, I'm going to call it the earthquake scene. Yes. I really like how that was all put together. You see them all really confused at what's going on, and mm-hmm. I really do like I really do like the the way it was shot. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you guys this: What was the episode that kind of hooked you guys? Where you're like, okay, we're, the, Netflix is back on top because I mean, we've had Iron Fist, we had Luke Cage, which is hit or miss. So I mean, Netflix wasn't really at a high point when it comes to these shows. But what was the episode here where you're just like, all right, Netflix is back? It's weird. My only real gripe with Iron Fist was that the fighting wasn't as good as the other shows. That's true. Like I know why. It was like it was like really Chinese Jet Li style because that's what he did. He did kung fu. Mm-hmm. But like that opening scene where he was like going around the world and fighting that monk in the sewer, mm-hmm. or trying to save that monk in the sewer. That fighting was actually good fighting. It, it was, was like yes. Style. It wasn't annoying. It wasn't choppy. You couldn't see exactly that the actor like needed a second to like figure something out in the fighting which mm-hmm. happened a lot <laughs> so true it was just it was it was clean it was smooth it was like almost as good as like bat flex scene where he just like runs in and beats people to death mm-hmm. yeah i think the i think the fight choreography actually kept was pretty well done mm-hmm. i'm gonna go ahead and compare it to daredevil i mean it was really really well done they really did know how to shoot the action um when it came to the defenders and every single That's, character individually as well like i mean they used luke cage and his fighting style to the best of their ability and daredevil's fighting style and iron fist fighting style and then jessica jones where she kind of just throws things um it, i thought they did that really well as well but um ozzy what episode for you uh i'm gonna go ahead and say episode one as well i mean you have oh, all really? these people finally on the same screen mm-hmm. just not there I'd say a close second is episode three. Yes. Just just because of the just because of Midland Circle, that whole interaction that they all have with one another, it was so great. Mm-hmm. So great seeing them all fight fight together. It was really good. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say episode three. No, that doesn't mean anything bad towards episode one and two. They were really good, but I wasn't like 
okay, this is great until episode three, because that's when we really started to get heavy interactions between all of these characters that we have come to know. And again, that not saying anything bad about one or two, because we that wouldn't have meant as much and it wouldn't have been so impactful in episode three when they all finally start talking to each other somewhat um by the end at least um in unless we had some sort of build-up which like we've already established was really well done and really well written in my opinion is how they kind of built up to them all meeting and fighting together and then even when they really all first come together none of them are on the same page and i love that it wasn't like a oh yeah we've all got to do this it's one of them who the naive character who love him or hate him for it, Iron Fist is like that. And it made complete sense that he was like the one who's like, Hey, we got to team up. And everyone else is like, uh, no. And I love the fact that daredevil doesn't trust everybody else. And it takes him all to even freaking take off his mask. And I love the fact that Jessica Jones knew who he was, but she was like, dude, what are you doing? And then the fact that Jessica Jones leaves, she's like, I didn't sign up for this. All of this, like, I think they perfectly laid it out and wrote it so well with all these characters responding exactly how these characters should respond to the situation. I really, really loved how this season of the show was written. Yeah, let's, let's even get into episode four a little bit when they're all basically interacting with one another. Yes. Dennis, what do you think about the whole interaction with Daredevil and, and him basically saying, I'm not doing this? What do you think about his reactions? Did you like it? Did you did you agree? I mean, Daredevil, the way he was written in you know his original show, mm-hmm. he seemed like he just didn't want to be a part of the hero thing anymore. And it's it makes sense. He's a regular guy. He doesn't really have any powers. He has his heightened senses, which helps out a ton. But you know, for the most part, he's already been beaten and bruised by the hand, and he lost like the girl he loved to the hand, and then the other girl that he really cared about. I guess I don't know what Karen is to him. That's that's a whole different ballpark. But you know, he lost a lot to the hand, and it was only just a finger out of the hand. He's going up against the whole hand now. No, he was worried. He didn't care who he had on his side. He was like, I don't care if you're bulletproof. I'm still a better fighter than everyone else in the room, and I didn't do it. So there's no way we're all going to do it. Yeah, I really did like his interaction with everybody, and. Especially like, especially like when when Luke Cage and him were about to get into it, and Jessica Jones pulled him away. Mm-hmm. I really like the interaction because <laughs> I don't think Daredevil saw uh, he was bulletproof. So I would have been great trying to see Daredevil Ooh. trying to go up against Luke Cage. That would have been a fight and a half, man. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> that would have been good. <laughs> but you could kind of tell their hierarchy in the way that they fight. Like yes. when Iron Fist was going against Luke Cage, Iron Fist definitely didn't have it. Iron Fist and Daredevil would fight the same enemy and have, like, different levels of, like... You could see they were handling them differently. Like, Iron Fist was getting beat a little bit more than Daredevil would be getting beat. So I saw, like, who really was top dog out of them, and I really wanted to see if they addressed that. Mm-hmm. The only thing I noticed is that Daredevil's more the aggressor than... than, than if I'm going to compare the, the fights of Iron Fist and Daredevil, Daredevil's more of the aggressor. I think it's because Iron Fist doesn't have his confidence until he whips out his Iron Fist. Yes. And that's his weakness. Yes. Carlos, what do you think about the interaction between Daredevil and Luke Cage? Uh, it was really good. I, I, again, I do really like the fact that he, you're right, that he kind of goes at Luke Cage and he's like, I'll fight you. And then, but he doesn't really know. Like, and 
I mean, of course, because our first thought is, well, what are you doing? He's bulletproof, but he doesn't know he's bulletproof. And I think that that was a good kind of thing to put in there that he's kind of like going at him and saying like about to fight him basically. And Jessica's like, whoa, this is not a good idea. <laughs> um, and I just want to take a step back for a second. Um, just real quick. The first time that Jessica Jones meets there meets uh, Matt Murdock. I know it's in the trailer, but I still was like, yes. As soon as he walks in, he's like, I'm your lawyer. And I'm like, yes. It was such a great moment. Even though they, they put it in the trailer, which it, I'm not complaining that they put it in the trailer. I don't think it spoiled anything or whatever. But I still think it was a great moment. And the fact that it was still as effective in the context of the show is kind of cool. So, Yeah, I did like the fact that he basically took her scarf. He's like, this is exactly what I was talking about. I need this. And he just takes her scarf. Yeah. And he does all these stunts. He gets to where she she is basically by an elevator. So she gets up top. She goes, you look like an a-hole. And he goes, it's your your scarf. (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) little moments like that's what makes Marvel Uh great. Yeah. (laughs) For real. And But then the fact that... Uh, again, they didn't, I really love that they didn't take away anything from any character and they didn't, re- I don't feel like they shortchanged any single one of the defenders. And yeah, one I mean, of the prime examples of that to me is Jessica Jones figures out who Daredevil is. Like that, again, that's something where a lot of other shows wouldn't have some, one of them figure it out because he's Daredevil. He's good at, he's been hiding his identity for forever. But she's a private detective. Of course she would figure it out. It makes complete sense that she would figure it out. And I really love that they did that because, again, it's not, you're not shortchanging any of, any of your characters. You're saying she's a private detective. She would figure this out, but nobody else figures it out and he has to reveal himself to everybody else. So I really think that it works in that respect as well. Yeah, you definitely got the Avengers feel when the, when Jessica Jones came back and she's like, "You miss me?" And you see all of them smiling at her. Yeah, they're all about to go up against Electra. That was a pretty pretty nice scene, pretty nice shot. Can we talk about the Electra stuff? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, at first, and there were times throughout the show where I was like, "All right, we're doing the whole mind control thing, cool." And then something happens where it flips the switch, and you're just like, "Oh." Okay, and we're not just doing a basic mind control story. She's completely changed as a character. Yes, Elektra is still in there somewhere. And I think, yes, I, I, I don't know. Do you think she's alive or not? That's another discussion. But if she is, I can totally see it being like her, her being someone who does bad things, but she still cares about Matt. So maybe she helps him out sometimes and things like that. But anyway, I really love how they ended up doing her character where she's clearly not the same character that we met in season two of Daredevil, but she's still got a lot of the same qualities. And they, I think they towed that line really well. Yeah, I mean, I really liked Electra. I mean, she was a force to be reckoned with. I mean, she went toe to toe with the likes of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, yeah. which are the powerhouses of the defenders, so I really, I really liked her, her character. She's definitely not one to be trifled with. What do mm-hmm. you think, Dennis? I think, I think it was great that she went against them, but there's this one little complaint that I had about this scene that she was fighting Luke Cage, where she jumped off Luke Cage's knee, and Luke Cage just kind of stopped for a minute, and you could totally tell that was choreographed. Like, that would never happen in reality. It doesn't matter who. <laughs> and it was just really weird. It was weird and choppy. If you ever go back and watch it, just watch that one moment. 
But I think it was so cool that she actually was able to handle Luke Cage. Because for the longest time, it was like, Luke Cage should be able to just walk through the hand if he's bulletproof. And Iron Fist punching him did literally nothing in that scene. Then what would anyone in the hand be able to do? Because he's just as good a fighter as most of the people on the hand. Literally as strong. Yeah, the only, thing, the only problem I think you would have is Gal, but that's about it. Yeah, that, he actually did have a problem with her in that parking garage scene. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. That was a great park. That was a great scene, by the way. Um, I did like the I did like the Electra stuff for the most part, though. I thought it was pretty well done. I did like her trying to. I liked the fact that she was remembering, even though mm-hmm. Alexandra was telling her like it doesn't matter. She was remembering, so I like the scene where she's actually in in Matt Murdock's house. And she's just kind of remembering what it feels like to be there. Yeah. And they did a great job of le- leading us in one direction and what we think was going to happen. And then completely like changing it up and going in a different direction. Because we have her remembering and we're thinking, okay, it's going to be this kind of triumphant moment where she remembers and turns on the hand and all this stuff. It wasn't like that. It, yes, she re- she remembered stuff. But she turned on the hand because she wanted to turn on the hand and because it... it more solidified her as more of a villain type character than her coming back to the hero side which was a fun twist on that because it's not at all what i was thinking was going to happen yeah what do you think about her killing a stick oh Oh, that hurts so much i love stick that (laughs) scene where he was stuck he was stuck i thought he was going to kill everyone like chained up but he cuts off his own hand to get out I have never seen a more, oh, I can't, uh, I have never seen a more tough person, I can't curse, so it's a more tough person in this whole Netflix series. Like, he cut off his own hand and then ran, like, what, 20 blocks, 15 blocks probably to where the defenders are and he found them? No one's better, no one's a better dude than Stick. Like, he's, he's the kind of man who, like, survived Vietnam and he comes back and he just runs trains through people kind of like the punisher yeah but he's yeah. also a flawed character because like he tried to kill iron fisk <laughs> he thought that that was the best way to deal with the situation um kind of was I, well i i, I guess the building wouldn't have blown up whatever we can come back to that argument later but um i i still think he's a very flawed character even though yes he had good motivations in uh training and talk and treating um not only electra but even matt in the way that he did and there's no denying he's kind of a dick oh yeah <laughs> I mean, he's he's kind of a hor- he, he's not the best father figure which he is to these people or at least to matt especially and he's not a very good father figure so he's terrible yeah he he's a he's a very flawed character and i really like him for that and I think that it, I, I, yes, it kind of sucks that he's gone, but I think it's a fitting way to end his character because he died making, you know, you could argue that it had good motivations, but probably not the best, making, not, doing not the best thing, trying to kill someone who is clearly on your side, you know? Um, so he, he dies making that decision and then ele- for Electra, someone that he trained and then ultimately, in a way, failed, or he or she failed him. However you want to look at it, killing killing him is. I, I just think it was a very fitting, again, well written way for him to die. I did like how that scene was executed actually, because I think in the beginning of the episode we get these two talking 
while she's actually trying to convince Matt to join them, and she's trying to get Matt to join her and stick to fight the hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like how we saw how close Electra and Stick were once were, and then we go back to the scene where she's about to kill him. Yeah. So it just shows you how much things have changed in a matter of time. I I was I was actually shocked that Stick died because he's he's gotten out of every situation that he's in. If not, Daredevil's gotten him out of every situation that he's in. So it, that was just I was. I was in pure shock, but uh, I like the fact that she even recognized and said Matthew to Daredevil. She's like, hi, Matthew, and then she just mm-hmm. stabs the crap out of stick. Yeah. Um, th- okay, this is something that I'm not, I wasn't a huge fan of in the show. And I guess in this way, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage are like my spirit animals when it comes to this, because I. Here, can you guys explain to me what the villain's actual, what what the hand's plan was? I mean, yes, it's something mystical. They wanted to break into some other dimension or some other world or something. And then they wanted to get something. I, I just, I, okay, this, I don't understand what their plan was. And I don't think it was well explained because I really was like, I have no idea what you want. It's something bad, clearly. And I'm fine with that because I can root against something that's vaguely bad. But what did they want? I don't get it. That's the thing that I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell if it was well explained or not because I knew what they wanted. Okay. They wanted that uh, black oil substance to turn into pills again so that they could continue to live forever. Yeah. And what I didn't get that me, at all. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I didn't know if everyone got that. Because Giovanni, the guy I was watching it with, didn't understand that at all. So it was it was weird because maybe I just knew I know a lot about comics. So maybe that was just something that I picked up on. But. Okay. I feel like no one else did. See, now that you yeah, I mean, now that you've said that, I am a hundred percent sure that they did not explain it well at all because I literally like that would have been the farthest thing from what I would have guessed. <laughs> see, that's that's why I wasn't sure that you understood what Stick's plan was because Stick knew that that's what they were after. He knew that if they couldn't open the door, that they were going to run out of the material before the next Iron Fist would come around and be able to learn how to use his chi and learn to use the Iron Fist because the elders of Kunlun are dead. Mm-hmm. So whoever the next Iron Fist was, they'd have they'd have to have a real like weird process on trying to understand how the Iron Fist works without the guidance. And so they might have the five fingers might have just died. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the hand might have just died. So his his plan could have worked. It could have worked, but theory. that doesn't make it right. But no, I, I, it doesn't make it right. Yeah, I I you're I just I'm my mind is like kind of all in a haze right now. I'm like okay, that now I'm like trying to rethink this show and be like. Yeah, I think that's clear. To me, that's the worst aspect of the show is just the villain's plan because it it just wasn't well explained. I had no idea what they wanted. Yes, they they established it's bad, but we don't know what it was that they wanted. And then the last part of their plan was that 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 dragon that you saw them taking apart. Yeah. Apparently, this is something that they explained, but they didn't explain super well. The dragon's bones was the foundation for a large chunk of New York. So if they had finished mining the dragon, then New York would have fallen. Like a good part of New York just would have like fallen through like a sinkhole. See, that's something I kind of understood, but not really. It, again, they didn't explain it well. It, yeah, I, I think the villain's point of view is definitely the weakest part when it comes to the writing of this show. Oh, yeah, I agree because they, it wasn't super clear. But, I mean, knowing what I knew about the storyline, yeah, it's definitely something that makes sense if you... Yeah out instead of hearing yeah. it um ozzy did you understand any of that watching it 
Um, I know they wanted this black liquid um, so that they can have more eternal life. Um, I knew they had to get to Kunlun to get there. Mm-hmm. So I know that that was the whole point of the Iron Fist. They never got to Kunlun. It was all in no, New York. No, I knew I knew that there was a door there that they can enter in through the hole. That there was a door that only the Iron Fist can open to get to Kunlun to get the black liquid. I didn't know that they wanted to make it into pills, though. All I knew is that they, is that they needed that liquid for them to be um, immortal again, yeah. basically. I, I don't know. I just To me, that's the weakest aspect of it. Um, all right. I, I guess... Hmm, let's see. What do you guys think about Misty Knight, the detective? Okay. Because she was a huge part. I liked it, but I was just so in shock when she lost her arm. I was like, what? See, I knew that was happening because I'm vaguely aware of her as a comic book character. And then when it happened, I was like, yes. Um, which is probably not I didn't the know best. I was going to happen. You said yes. <laughs> it's probably she lost her arm. <laughs> I know. It's probably not the most human response to something, to somebody getting their arm chopped up. But I was like, that was. I'm not going to lie. That was definitely my response. I was like, yes, she lost her arm. Robot arm, here we come. Um, oh, that's so, going to be awesome. I forgot she had a robot arm. Yeah. Dude, I had no, I've, I've never heard of her character before. So I was like, I was like, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like oh, pumped. Man. But I know that's not the best response. Um, anyway, she, yeah, I, I like her character and I like that she kind of is playing it straight the whole time where she's like, I, you know, I need, you guys need me, I need you. But then by the end she realizes like, okay, the cops have no idea what they're doing. So she like kind of betrays the cops in a way. So I, I like that she makes a decision and it will kind of lead into maybe her leaving the police force, which I think is something that's going to happen at some point. Um, I don't I don't think it's that the cops didn't know what they were doing. I just know that they had zero way of handling it. Exactly. Hand. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the captain at all. I wanted to. Oh, I wanted no, to punch him in the face. That was that was a point of his character. Though. I'm like, not yeah. mad at I was it. Like, yeah. Shut up. Um, all right. Um, Let's talk about uh, the last thing I really want to talk about. At least is some of the supporting characters. Over. We've already talked about Misty. We've already talked about. Um, uh, Night Nurse. I'm trying to think who else is there other than we. Before we start recording, I we were complaining like about Colleen. Daredevil supporting characters. I didn't like Colleen Wing as much as okay. I did. You're totally not there to explain that to me. Yeah, it's just because it's just this one scene where all right, so she goes in there where Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones are all fighting everybody, and then she comes in and she helps. And I was like, all right, that's cool. You know, she's doing her thing. Mm-hmm. And then Luke Cage goes, "You're supposed to be at the freaking precinct." Then she goes, "You're welcome." And she has an attitude with him. I'm like, yo, you have, like, you really didn't do anything. Luke Cage <laughs> let her boyfriend get kidnapped. The man's bulletproof. She's thinking if she was bulletproof, she wouldn't even use her sword that often. She would run through the Yeah, bags. but again, she doesn't know that he's not bulletproof from within. And that's how Stick got him. But, I mean, again, she really didn't do anything in that scene to be like, you're welcome. Daredevil, I mean, Daredevil held himself, held his own against like two of the most formidable like two fingers of the hand basically mm-hmm. were going up against him and then he the one of them was like okay screw this you're just gonna handle daredevil i'm gonna go after luke cage which was clearly a mistake because he was getting his he was getting beat up regardless so i just didn't think i didn't think she did anything worthy of saying you're welcome i was i was with her on that too. i was like literally it would have been the same outcome without you being there there's nothing to thank you for <laughs> she helped out she had to have like a one percent, maybe, but one percent. <laughs> how much did Luke? How much did Cage help out? Daredevil, Daredevil was taking down two fingers of the hand by himself. Colleen could have taken Bakuto. 
You're talking about um, what's her name? Yeah, Jessica but, Jones. Yeah, but Daredevil, down Daredevil, Daredevil was already taken down. Bakudo and one of the finger and and the uh, and the Asian guy who was the other part of the hand. I forgot his mm-hmm. name, but he, so he was handling too. And Jessica Jones and Luke Cage were handling Gal because Gal is very formidable. She's not just some old lady. Yeah, she's and she's gonna like tell like. Yeah, and that's that's one thing, and I think that's like that's one thing that they that they didn't expect. Jessica Jones and Luke Cage were like, "Oh, okay, crap!" Like, yeah. I, I don't know how to deal with this stuff. It's uh, not like Colleen could have done anything, anyways. Well, I disagree. I think to me, Colleen, I don't mind her as a character. I actually quite like her as a character. She was one of my favorite parts of Iron Fist. I agree, um, and she's not bad as a character in this, but I think they kind of wasted her to me she's basically i mean there's no she is competent as a fighter she's great with her sword there's really no reason why she shouldn't have been she has as much right as really daredevil because he is competent fighter and he's good with his weapons and all that and he doesn't have any powers she is as to me she had just as much right as daredevil to be a member of of the defenders and to have her on the sideline for most of this show i was like i feel like every time they went back to her it was like oh yeah we forgot about her here's what she's doing it's like she clearly should have been part of the team to me i I can't see her as part of the team because she's not as good as fighter as iron fist can we agree on that no yeah she's not and then iron fist is at the bottom of the defenders totem pole the other two have powers and Daredevil, not Daredevil. only can he see through, like, walls and, like, does he has all these, like, actual, like, senses that he can I use guess. to yeah. help everyone else out, he is the best fighter on the team. He could probably, he could definitely take down Jessica Jones, you, we, and we, he could stand toe-to-toe with Luke Cage. Yeah, I mean, we basically saw that Daredevil can beat the crap out of Iron Fist. We saw that, and yeah. everybody was actually impressed at the fact that Daredevil was holding his own against Iron Fist. The only thing that, that Iron Fist has over Daredevil is the fact that Iron Fist has an Iron Fist, and it's powerful. And That's it's it. only sometimes <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> and um, even then, if you can't land a hit, how's that fist helping you out? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I, I guess. I, I see your point. It's just, to me, she's she was in an awkward place because maybe she's not as good as the Defenders, but she's clearly better than everyone, more resourceful and more can, can take care of herself more than everybody else who was stuck at the police station. So I was sitting there, I'm like... She's just in a weird place. She's kind of stuck in the middle. <laughs> and it's like, I thought, to me, she was kind of the odd man out of both groups. Um, nah, she definitely deserves a place in every fight scene. Yeah. Because she's, she's worth it. I just, I don't know what else she really has to bring to the Ex- table. Exactly. Outside of her fighting. Yeah. Because, you know, Luke Cage. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I liked her throughout the show. But that is just the one scene that really annoyed me. Because I was okay. like, you, you did crap. Okay. Can we talk it's about Foggy thing. and Karen? <laughs> Because I I really hated them for the majority of this season. Foggy had his moments, but Karen was pretty much unbearable the entire time. I didn't hate Foggy. I thought Foggy was actually kind of reasonable because you saw... Because Matt went to him and he's like, I'm really trying not to be a part of it. And then Foggy... Fog, and Matt got upset with him and he's just like, no, man, I'm just trying to help you out. Like, you said you don't want to be a part of it. Just take my extra cases that I can't really work on so you, so you, so you can just keep yourself occupied. Yeah, want more money too. Yeah, yeah sure. and helping him with, and helping him out with bills anyway. So it's like he was doing him a favor. I wasn't really necessarily mad at at Foggy. I, I still like Foggy. I think he was. I think he was a pretty good character. But the only we one can I was agree kind on of Karen, right? 
Yeah, I was kind of annoyed with Karen. Karen kept saying the same thing. Oh, but you're changing your life. Oh, but you're changing your life. Oh, but you're changing. I'm like, can you shut up? Just stop. <laughs> it's so annoying. It's like, oh, man, like, I thought you were like, done with this. Well, like, she was crying seen, the whole freaking time. Like, you've seen the hand. Stop. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I just. That's what, uh, yeah. That is what was missing from the Defenders, an episode where Daredevil does all of his bills and his paperwork and stuff. That's what was missing. Foggy helping him out with that. That could have been the best and most comedic version episode. Yeah. But no, Karen was annoying. She didn't understand what he was trying to do. And even when she finally kind of did come to terms with what his importance as a defender, which they never actually named themselves a team or named themselves defenders. Yeah, that was so fun. That, there's going to be like a season two, hopefully, where they, they're more they're more of a concrete team. Mm-hmm. Or they just kind of mash all of their shows into one. I think yeah. that would also uh, <laughs> a good route for them to take. Because obviously Iron Fist and Luke Cage didn't do as well as Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that might be a way to save those two sinking boats. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just, I don't think, I, I, I liked Karen in season one. And I didn't mind her in season two. I just, I feel like we got to a point with her character and it's kind of come to a head in Defenders where it's just like, she's so against him being daredevil and it's like we're obviously for it so when you have a character who's completely against who is supposed to be a quote-unquote protagonist who's completely against what you want as an audience it's just never gonna work it's just like you find them annoying because they're holding back what you want to happen and it's not even really compelling it's just annoying no you're right daredevil season three episode one she's gotta go (laughs) game of thrones style she's just got to go (laughs) works for me um I, one thing i did miss from i mean the, i i know you're joking about like the an episode where we need them like or foggy helping him out but one thing i did miss was kind of their rapport yes we did have a moment here or there especially the one where he brings him the suit and said i brought you a change of clothes that's a great moment but i think we one thing that was missing for me at least was their back and forth and their friendship as much as yes he wasn't a nuisance as much as karen I still think we were missing that kind of like them being best friends aspect of the show. I think that's because they weren't best friends right exactly. right then and there. Yeah. And I'm just it, saying I missed it, it. It's probably going to take a little bit of time for them to build that up. Yeah. But they also didn't have that with any of the defenders. They didn't that's that's another thing that I really wanted. I wanted them and their relationship to grow a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like maybe not just end the show at the end of the episode where everything gets done. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's an episode where they have to explain to the police why they just blew a building up. <laughs> and maybe Nick Fury or someone comes down and he's just like, you guys got to like be was, more organized. I was and so hoping Nick Fury would come. <laughs> me too, because what the heck happened? Civil War. <laughs> yeah. The heroes got to register. Why aren't these guys registering? Yeah. This is supposed to be kind of tied into the MCU. Obviously, none of the big characters show up in any of those shows, but maybe like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. pop in and they're just like, we think we can think, take you down. I would think that if the building is getting blown up, maybe, maybe they should be referenced. Maybe. Yeah, at least some sort of reference of the Sokovia Accords. Maybe one of them signed it, you know, at, at least Luke Cage or Jessica Jones. Maybe one of them signed it or maybe one of them is approached about signing it. Something like that. We, sh- I feel like we needed something like that. It would have been really smooth if that's how Luke Cage got out of prison. Like he signs, exactly. he signs away him yeah. to be an actual like registered hero, and yeah. so that's why he's so like morally strong on everything. He's the entire show. He was just like, we gotta do this yeah. because it's a right thing to do. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm just like, that was kind of you last episode or last season, but that definitely wasn't. You definitely weren't this morally righteous. Yeah, true. Um, okay, we're, what do you think about their decision? Last thing. What do you think about their decision to blow up the building at the end? I thought it made sense. Kind of. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I was like, okay, like you've clearly tried everything to take out the hand. So one less building in New York, well, you know, why not? I don't understand why the <laughs> building itself was so important to blow up. Like, killing the the rest of the hand is definitely very important that's that's what's got to go right mm-hmm. but madame gal still got away and did she yeah she got away i think I so know. yeah i think so too because they never showed her dying so the the assumption is that she got away yeah um, that's something that she got put under the rebel no no like know. she escaped with all the material uh okay i'm thinking yeah i I didn't hate the decision. I think it made sense. And I think that they built to that kind of them making that decision pretty well. To me, the only thing is, man, I guess we're far enough away from 9-11 that this is okay now. <laughs> um, that was just a strange thing for me. I'm like, we're blowing no, up the building. No, that's what ran through my head, too. And it's like, nah. we're, we're a, this is a superhero show, and the superheroes are blowing up a building in New York. Hmm. Yeah, we are. I guess I guess we're pretty far away from 9-11 now. So this is okay. Um, I mean, it's been almost two decades. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's just it's a strange thing that I was like, that's strange. Um, I don't that's not to knock the show or anything. To me, it it didn't. I think it made sense story wise. Um, One thing that did bother me accomplished anything. I I guess I I just. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, One thing like just. It's a small thing. It's just a little, little nitpick is a building just collapsed and like there's no dust on the ground or anything. And I was just sitting there like, I feel like this should have been like more of a big deal. And then you have the newscast the next morning that what's her face is doing. And she like casually mentions it. It's like a, a building just collapsed. Okay. But anyway, it's like if, if not, we're Spider-Man, we're Spider-Man in all this. Uh, well, that's a another. That's another thing where you're just like, yes, these are connected in name, but are they really connected? I don't know. Nah, it couldn't be because uh, too many strings didn't tie up the way they should. Exactly. Uh, it's kind of. It's one of those things where it's like we like to say they're connected, but they're not really. Um, but anyway. Yeah, I guess. All right. La- I guess what we can do to kind of wrap this up is. Where does this stand among all of the seasons? I'm saying seasons because I want to separate Daredevil season one and two. Um, All of the seasons of the Marvel Netflix show. Where does this kind of rank with you guys? Guys, go start. Oh, yeah. This is number two. This is right after Daredevil season two. Because there's nothing better on the planet than that man as Punisher. (laughs) Frank Castle was easily the most. Ah, I just love that scene where he's running through the jail cell in that long hallway. That was great. Yeah, yeah that, that was better than the entire Defender show. I want to see. But no, the Defender show was great. I think if Daredevil had gotten his costume a little bit earlier in his show and been Daredevil a little bit earlier in season one, then, you know, that would be two. But it's three for me. And then Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Okay. okay. Uh, Ozzy, what about you? Daredevil season two, Daredevil season one, Defenders... Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Fair. All right. I have Defenders at number three as well, um, just like Ozzy. But I have Daredevil Season 2, Jessica Jones, Defenders, Daredevil Season 1, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. You thought Kilgrave really that good a villain for you? He was awesome. I love 
Jessica Jones season one, and I will fight anybody who <laughs> crashes or craps on that show. I I think. I think Kilgrave all, is the star of that show. Though. Yes, he, he's great. He, he's I think he's a very good villain. And again, this is something I've said ever since that show came out. And it's every time I d- talk about it with somebody who didn't like it, it's, it, there, well, there wasn't much superhero stuff. And it's like, that's not the point. It wasn't. You have to stop looking. It, Jessica Jones season one is not a traditional superhero show. It is a psychological psychological drama and very intense and dark psychological drama with superhero aspects and that's what i liked about it and it's so that good. was my favorite part of it and i love that kilgrave wasn't like your normal i'm gonna rob a bank villain exactly. he was just kind of like a jerk trying to just live a fun life yeah and he although he was messed, really socially awkward yeah but he messes with jessica i mean look this is something that is kind of it's it's alluded to but it's never directly said Yes. But she's raped by Kilgrave. Yeah. And that is yeah. something that is alluded to, and I think it is very effectively alluded to, where I was just like, they're not going to come out and say it, but she makes it very clear that she is not happy about how that relationship worked. And it's, yeah, no, it's intense, dude. And I, I really, I that's why I'm so passionate about Jessica Jones and that show. I really think that it is very well done and really dark. And really intense. Um, I, I really love Jessica Jones season one. Yeah, her her fear of Kilgrave was really... It's the, so good, yeah. Yeah, that was a strong part of the entire show and her character. Yeah, And, and to me, that's so what good. made Defenders good. Like, yeah. her interactions. Like, she's going against these guys and everyone's like, oh, they're dangerous and they're scary. And she's just like, yeah, so... <laughs> like I, I went against Kilgrave. Like, forget all of you. You all would be dead right now. Yeah, so good. Um, she's such a bad. Yeah, that's why to me she's like the MVP. I, I really love her. Um, all right. I guess that wraps up our discussion. Man, we went pretty long, but that's okay. And we're gonna. This is gonna be a long episode. We're just gonna have to accept that because we're gonna talk about Game of Thrones season seven, episode six. Right? Yes. Okay. Episode six, Beyond the Wall. So if you have not, if you're not caught up on Game of Thrones, you might again want to check out, um, and then join us again once you're caught up because, um, what are you doing? You should be caught up. It is amazing. It's the best show on television. And let's get into it. Ozzy, what did you think of this episode as a whole? Damn, man. (laughs) Damn. Damn, man. I, I can't even. We lost the dragon, Carlos. We lost. We lost it, man. That yeah, was we knew it was going to happen insane. at some point, but yeah, I thought it wasn't going to happen until until season eight because I was like, they're probably going to injure one, which I was right about that. They injured Drogon, but then they killed the Saren, and I was like, damn. And it was so dramatic how he went out. Yeah, that because, was the baddest thing I'd ever seen because, in my life. Because the Night King just threw the spear. Right, right at the spot where he, where Viserion was like uh, breathing fire, right at the spot where the fire was coming out, he just shot it right there, pierced him. Fire was coming out of him, a lot of blood, then, and then a like a ton of blood, and I felt so bad for the way he went out, and you mm-hmm. could just see uh, Emily Clark's Daenerys Targaryen just basically in utter shock. Yes. When she realized that one of her kids is dead. And she's it, like, we're getting the F out of here. 
Um, yeah, I mean, not I without John. I yeah. mean, yeah, John, 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 like you could easily tell everybody was in shock. I mean, this is the first time for the Hound, um, for, um, I forgot who else was there. The, the Hound, you got Tormund, Giant Stone, and then you also have, uh, what's the what's the guy with the fire sword? The fire the fire sword thing. Well, again? there's two of them: Beric Dondarrion and Thoros of Mir. Uh, Beric Tar. Uh, Beric Don, Don, Dondarrion. Dondarrion. Yeah, I mean this this is the first time like they've all seen dragons. Yeah. And then they just again then they're all together witnessing one of them dying from the Night King. This just shows that how powerful he is yeah. again. Um. All right, Dennis. Dennis, you. That you you basically you watch this episode and you've watched a few episodes here and there, but you're not a Game of Thrones watcher. So I'm curious, what did you think of this episode? I have seen very little Game of Thrones, like you just said, but man, was it awesome! <laughs> there was there was like an entire army of zombies like coming at them from every side, and if I just saw it and I was like, Jesus Christ, these guys, <laughs> these guys are gonna make it out of here. Like, half of them aren't ready for this fight. They don't have weapons that they need. Like, one of them's using the tiniest of weakest of daggers to kill zombies. I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't all die. Yeah. Like, that must have been some really thick plot armor for them to all make it out of well, there. Well, yeah, that's something that bothered me. But then they killed a dragon, and it kind of saved it. But I feel like that did balance it out. Because yeah. I, I didn't expect the dragon to go out. Everyone was talking about how bad the dragons were and how awesome they just come in and no one can touch her because she has these dragons. Mm -hmm. And I mean, really, what can anyone do against a dragon except throw a big spear at it? All (laughs) right. Well, before we make our way all the way back to this whole sequence, I do want to start with some of the other stuff that did happen in the episode, mostly the stuff at Winterfell. Um, We had Arya and Sansa and that whole drama. Well, first of all, Sansa's talking to Littlefinger, and they're talking about... um, what what are they talking about? They're talking about basically all the stuff with uh, John and the, like him being gone and she doesn't know what to do and the Northern Lords and whether they trust her or like her. And then the fact that Arya has that letter because Arya does reveal that. Um, yeah, Arya reveals that to her yes, first and yes. then Sansa talks to exactly. Littlefinger about it. Um, and then Sansa sends Brienne away, which was a strange choice to me. Um, and then... To me, this whole storyline was really tedious for the majority of it. I was like, all right, what do we, come on. Like, Arya and Sansa not liking each other, sure. And then, this happens a lot, where I'm just like, I don't know about this. And then, something happens. And we finally get a major confrontation between Arya and Sansa, where Arya is pointing the dagger, the Valyrian steel dagger, at Sansa. And you're just like, oh my gosh, is she going to stab her? And then she flips it around and gives it to her. But that moment was so tense. I was like, what is Arya about to do? And yes, it was tedious for the majority of it where I'm just like, all right, come on, let's get through this. But they built to that moment really well where you're just like, I don't know what Arya is going to do. Arya clearly is mad and does not trust Sansa. And then Sansa had found the faces, which clearly messed with their head. I, I don't know. This whole thing was really strange. And then that interaction to me was the best part of all the Winterfell stuff was that second interaction where Sansa finds the faces and then Arya almost threatens her sister. Yeah, that was definitely terrifying to watch. <laughs> Arya is a killer. She obviously handles herself really well oh, yeah. <laughs> and i was just i was totally terrified for her sister i was like dude she she could end you she could end you without even touching you this 
this is bad for you. You better just pray she's in a good mood today. Yeah, I mean, I really like the fact that she, where Sansa's like, look, I have like a bunch of soldiers who are loyal to me. And Son- and Arya goes, well, they're not here right now. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. was, yeah, it, it just shows again just the characterization of the show where these characters are, are pretty much not the characters in season one anymore. They're completely different characters oh, now. Yeah. Um, and season one, Arya was mad about her wolf and she was learning to fight. Now she is yep. the person go-to for fighting. You need fighting. to see her go up against Bran because that was another great sequence. Oh, that's a great fight. Um, that, that was a great I loved Arya reminiscing about shooting the bow and arrow back and forth and then her dad was secretly watching her. That was a great kind of um, story that she told. And it just reminded us that she's, yes, she's kind of, she's a little crazy now. And this episode confirms for me that Arya's just freaking nuts. Uh, she's a little bit crazy. Well, well, who, well, who did you agree with in the episode for the majority? Did you agree with Sansa? Or did you agree with uh, Arya? <sighs> ultimately, Arya, but she didn't handle it well. Like, I don't think she's being, ra- I like I said, I think she's crazy, and her getting this news is not helping the fact that she's crazy. But she's 100% right when it comes to what Sansa wants. Sansa clearly, clearly at this point, wants, deep down, whether she's ashamed of it or not, she wants to be the Queen of the North. And that can't happen if John's alive. So secretly, whether, again, it's probably a desire that she's pretty much ashamed of at this point, but she definitely has a desire to see John dead. Now, so I get why Arya wouldn't like that, but at the same time, maybe threatening your sister and being extremely cold and threatening your sister with not only by stabbing her, but, or by, by, kind of making it look like you're going to stab her, but also by saying, hey, I'll tell the Northern Lords, maybe that's not the best way to handle it. Maybe talk to your sister. Uh, you know, like a normal human being. Well, you can't talk to Sansa when she's talking to Littlefinger. That's the whole well, thing that really true. pisses me off about I, Sansa. Littlefinger Sansa, needs to die. Nah, you Sansa, had that situation with force. Sansa, Sansa basically, you know, and I I, I, re- I was talking about this with, with Enrique on the YouTube channel. It's crazy because I actually laughed at the scene where Sansa goes up and tells Arya, you wouldn't be able to survive what I've been through. I died. I think we all started laughing because we're just like, yo, Sansa's been blind. She's, right. been, she's been stabbed. She's been beaten. To, she's been beaten up. While Sansa's been basically, she's been a prisoner, but she's she's, she's able to walk the castle. She's, mm-hmm. she's able to dress nicely. She's been given great food. The only thing I'd, I'd say that Sansa's like her only real hardship was seeing her father die and and being raped by Ramsay Bolton. I mean, well, that, that, those that's are no little two. thing. That, yeah, that, that's that's that show hasn't thing. been through something. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, that's not a little yeah. thing. But I mean, I'd say like that's the only thing that really that she's been through for me. That's the only thing that she's really been through. Compared I, to Sansa, Sansa's gone through like so much yeah, more. Yeah, already. Right, so um, I agree with you in a different sense. You. Sorry, I, I agree with you in a different sense. I think that. Sansa definitely wouldn't have been able to handle what Arya's been through. But Arya, I don't think she would have ever let herself be- get to the situation that Sansa got herself into. So yeah, that, Sansa, that, that's Sansa where the difference extremely, is. Sansa was, is extremely desperate, was extremely desperate, and she trusted Littlefinger. And yeah. if it wasn't for Littlefinger, she wouldn't have gotten raped. <laughs> yeah. And I think that she ignores that fact very much, and yes. it's really ridiculous at this point. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, but you'd be surprised how often in reality that's what happens. That's People true. tend to just ignore that and black that out. They don't want to deal with it. Exactly. You really don't want to deal with that in your head. Yeah. And that that to me seemed really plausible that she would ignore that. Yeah, that's why exactly. I don't want to. I don't want to belittle what Sansa has gone through, but at the same time, I just don't think Arya would have let herself get into that. And, and I know that's if she would that, got out or died trying. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Arya would have fought to the point where she would be either dead or she'd be somewhere else you know that, that and he a bunch of corpses yeah <laughs> um all right well let's move on to we we had a brief scene at dragonstone and then there's another scene that kind of plays into everything that happens north of the wall um we have a scene where Tyrion is talking to daenerys and they're kind of arguing again daenerys is questioning Tyrion and his loyalty um which has become something that she does quite often which is I, I get it because he's a Lannister and everything Daenerys knows is you can't trust a Lannister. So I get it. But at the same time, it's like, he's your hand. Like at some point you got to get over it. Um, and I really found their, their conversation interesting about her wanting to break the wheel and how she needs to go about doing that. And then talking about the succession and he's just like, and she's just like, we're going to talk about that later. And then we get confirmed. I don't know if we've ever had 100% confirmed, but now this is something they've harped on twice in this episode. Daenerys can't have children, apparently. Which is fascinating, because it does raise the huge question of how, who's going to succeed her when she dies. Um, I mean, but that's not something to discuss right now. Exactly. I, mean, I agree with, with Daenerys. I agree with Daenerys. I mean, that's it's not was, uh, where you talk about it. Yeah, yeah I mean... You're dealing with you're dealing with something apocalyptic happening on on north of you. Yes. Possibly you send your most trusted people to go over there and find out one if it's true and one to capture one of these zombies if it's actually true. Two, you're also dealing with a war trying to take over the throne. I don't think that was the right time to even yeah. bring that up. That was completely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. As for her listening to Tyrion, I mean, look, I kind of understand why she's pissed at this point. Tyrion has lost her a lot. I mean, she lost Dorne. She lost the Unsullied, which, which clearly she gets reunited with him in the next episode because we saw the trailer for that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, she's lost a lot because of she's because because she's listened to Tyrion. So I understand why she's upset at this at this point in time with him and, and why she's not listening to him. Yeah, um, I, I get it. It's just I I I just feel like at some point like. Because she keeps bringing up his name, and that's to me where it bothers me. Where I'm like, yes, he's a Lannister, but relax, he's your hand. <laughs> I get if you want to judge him on his plans before, which she does fairly, but stop bringing up the fact that he's a Lannister and like, oh, you're gonna, your brother's really friendly with you, right? And it's like, okay. Yes, he has a brother who is a Lannister because he is a Lannister. Let's get over. Okay, this. but think about it, but, okay, but like think about it like this. I mean, the, he, her, like his brother killed her father. I know. I, you know I'm saying. I get, and then, I and then on get top it, of that, it's... on top of that, her brother, her like his brother almost killed her. Yeah, I, I, I know. I get it. I'm just saying, as someone who's watching the show, I'm tired of her bringing it up because we've gone through, we've done the song and dance too many times at this point, where it's like you're you're a Lannister, and he's like. Yes, but I'm not like my siblings. It's like we—I feel like we've had this conversation three times now. I know. If I was, if I was her, I would just forgive, forget, or not forgive, but don't forget. Sorry, yeah. and just keep it in the back of your head. Just understand that he can't be trusted if you don't feel like trusting him. Yeah. 
you can't um, just throw it over the head. One thing that is interesting, it's something that they have clearly, I mean, they've been clearly doing this since the cave scene, uh, as you know what I'm talking about, but they have been reasserting it on both sides now. Tyrion mentions the fact that John is basically the latest quote-unquote heroic person to fall in love with Daenerys, and she's like, she says something funny, which I, I, I don't know how to take it, but she says, he's too small for me. I was like, Okay, um, and then she's that's like, "What about for Tyrion?" That's what she. That's what she said it too. And Tyrion's a I know. I was like, "Damn, I know it was funny." <laughs> oh right, she said that right in front of Tyrion, and yeah. Tyrion's like, "What does that make me?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Tyr- the, her her reaction of not like that. At first, I was like, "Wait, did she just make a penis joke?" But then it was like, "Oh, she was saying it to Tyrion's. So that's why she's saying not like that." But <laughs> it, it was definitely really funny. Um, it was just an awkward situation. Um, all right, well, let's go back to North of the Wall. We have John, the Hound, Jorah's there, Beric Dondarrion, Thoris of Mir, Gendry, and Tormund, and some of the other Wildling Night's Watch people, because the Wildling is the Night's Watch at East Watch, which is kind of a weird situation. Um, and they are basically... Like what? I like the I like how the Wildlings are now. I know. Um, it's really weird to think about, because we had an entire episode that was a battle between the Night's Watch and the Wildlings, and now the Wildlings are the Night's Watch at East Watch, which is <laughs> strange. Um, but I like it. So we have them all going, and they're basically trying to find a, a a zombie, I guess, or a white, or an other, or whatever they call him. We're I'm trying to call him a white. Yeah, we're, we're, we, he tried, they're trying to find a white to take back and, I guess, prove... Um, the fact that there are the White Walkers and there are these dead that are marching on the wall. Um, horrible plan, as I mentioned last week, but it is what it is, and they're doing it, and they find one, or and John kills a White Walker, and he doesn't... I mean, it's not too easily, but it was still like, okay, John knows what he's doing with these White Walkers now. Dude, man, I really I really like that scene where they all charge up against that that one that one that that one uh, white walker with mm-hmm. like ten whites behind them. Yeah. I really like that scene because John and them they just charge up at them and they're just full confidence. And you can tell that Jorah Jorah was about to die if it wasn't for John yeah. taking out that white walker. Because they didn't know John's John's basically John and the Wildlings are the only ones who have dealt with this before. So everybody else is kind of like, Oh my gosh, number one, this is real. Number two, how do we deal with this? Um, and they didn't have time to necessarily forge um, dragonstone weapons, so it was kind of a, it was a weird place. Um, but it was painfully obvious that there were more coming, like they were going to get trapped. And we get that situation, they capture one, and then they get ambushed on the way back. And this is where we get to the point where people start to, people have been complaining about this episode. And this is where I am getting frustrated with people. Because, to me, this is such a nitpicky thing, and I, I, I get it, I get that it is kind, it's a stretch, and they're asking, the show is asking you to just kind of, just take a step with them. But, guys, to say that this is the, one of the worst episodes, and that's something I've heard, that is literally something I've heard people say, is that this is one of the worst episodes of the show, because, travel was very ambiguous about how long things took and how long a raven or how fast a raven can fly and how far gendry had to run all of these different things people are saying is one of the worst episodes like stop <laughs> this is not get because gendry has to run back to Eastwatch and then send a raven to dragonstone and then daenerys decides to fly from dragonstone to 
where they are beyond the wall. And that happens seemingly in a short amount of time. But one thing I need people to remember is they are north of the wall. They are very far north. And day and night works very differently there. And they do not establish in this show at all how long it took or how long that they were stuck there. We have no idea. And we don't know how far they were out from Eastwatch. It's just they left it ambiguous. They didn't. It's not like they're saying, okay, it took, you know, it took us three days to to um, to walk this far north. And then it took Gendry an hour. They didn't say that. It might look like that, but they never say that. I, I, to me, this whole pushback against this episode is really frustrating i get where it ultimately is coming from but it's this doesn't make the episode bad people relax it definitely doesn't make the episode bad i think the fighting and all of everything that was achieved like plot wise in this episode makes all of that worth it and i like that the writers left it ambiguous because it leaves them with a lot less to work around yes like if they had told everybody this then they'd be writing themselves into a hole and then they'd have to come up with some bs excuse where someone can do something that they shouldn't. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, at least it's not like Westworld where there, the time there was extremely confusing. Or <laughs> an even better that, example, yeah. <laughs> an even better example, Legends of Tomorrow. At least it's not like Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> that so. we're dealing with time travel, but yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, people have been complaining. This is something people have been complaining about all season, I guess, is the fact that people are traveling really fast. But it's not, to me... And it's people aren't traveling really fast in this show. We are seeing it happen really fast because they're excluding the travel. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, and to me, my whole thing with people complaining about this season and how fast things are happening, we don't need the scenes of the multiple scenes of travel to establish character anymore. The fact is, we're seven seasons into this show. We have established characters. We have developed characters. We don't need to have three episodes of one character traveling from one place to another so that they can have more character development. These are developed characters. We don't need it anymore. Get over it. <laughs> well, I mean, the alternative to that is like creating a bunch of episodes where it's just travel and the story isn't pushing as far, which yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily want to see seven seasons into a show yeah exactly that's what i'm saying we're seven seasons in to me that's the difference and what's ironic is i've also seen people complaining when there's an episode without a lot of action and it's like but this is what you asked for you want a character development <laughs> and it's just frustrating it's like no the show can never win and no you could win if you if you have monologues and dialogues and all the character development while they're fighting the <laughs> <Yep>. entire time <laughs> they're, they're traveling and they're fighting each other and they get there and they fight the other people and they're in their sleep and they're swinging their swords and we're just fighting all the time yeah uh, again to me the the difference is the fact that we are seven seasons in if this was season one and they're traveling this fast and all this stuff and we're not getting all the character development in between we're not getting the Jamie's and Brianne's on the road or Arya and the Hound on the road. We're not getting those kind of those kind of scenes. Then, okay, I, I get it. If this was season one and we're not getting that stuff, then I can get why people would be frustrated. But we're seven seasons in. We know, we know who Jamie is. We know who Brianne is. I don't need to see Brianne traveling from Winterfell to King's Landing and all her adventures along the way. I don't need to see that. I just want to see her at King's Landing because that's where the action's going to take place. And that's where Sansa sent her. So, again, 
and this all came to a head in this episode, and it's just really frustrating to me with people saying this is one of the worst episodes. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. This is well, a great this episode. Is one of my favorite episodes. It's a great this episode. A, this kind of reminded me of Hard Home when John sees oh, yeah, the storm definitely. coming. Yeah. And um, yeah. And freaking Torment and John are just like, oh crap. <laughs> like, Man, I gotta watch the show. They're just like they're just like Hard Home is about to be a repeat. And they all <laughs> that's when John was like, You need to leave right now. Yeah. He's like, Gendry, get, get the F out of here, run. <laughs> Torment's like, you can run faster without this. <laughs> and Gendry's like, All right, I don't have a problem with running. And he takes <laughs> off. And it's so great. Um and then I love um the fact Okay, what do you think about the whole, again, we don't know how long that they're in that little circle surrounded by the water and then how long it takes to freeze over because the show doesn't tell us. So relax about that, you know. Um, But what did you think about them being surrounded like that? Um, And then basically, is it Tormund that's throwing the stones? That, no, it's it's the hound. It's the hound. You're right. The hound that is an idiot. <laughs> uh, he throws the stone, and it basically gives them permission to walk across the now frozen ice. Um, and it is such a great moment because the hound is basically like, "Oh crap!" And <laughs> I, I love that they never address it. Nobody's ever like, "Hound, you idiot!" Like it's just like, "All right, we got to deal with this now." <laughs> And again, we're put in a very dire situation where they're completely surrounded. I thought Tormund was going to die, and I was kind of upset that he was saved at the last second because the show I, hasn't I really killed a prominent character in I a while. Him. It's Game of Thrones. I love him. I How did love he Tormund? not get bit or like That's scratched a, or something? Yeah, I, I don't know. He did. I mean, he did get scratched and stuff like that. Yeah, and, it, bad, and it's but... not like traditional zombies where if you got bit, you turn into one. Um, it's just if you die, you become one. Um, okay. So... I I didn't love that, but then we lost, again, like I said, we lost a dragon, so it kind of balanced it out. Um, And then Daenerys shows up after Tyrion's like, please don't go. And she's like, I have to. And she goes, she basically saves her, but uh, the Night King is is basically an Olympic javelin thrower, and he nails (laughs) the freaking dragon and kills it. And Daenerys is like, all right, we got to go. Now, one thing that John I, said, John said, you got you like, yes, we have to go. Exactly. Um, and he's, he knows he's not going to make it to the dragon, basically, which was interesting. Now, one thing I don't think was addressed, which I would have, I think it was a missed opportunity that they didn't touch on this. John walks back to fight when he could have easily just jumped on the dragon. And I think that him being, him being away and fighting, yes, it fought off a little more of the dead. But it forces Daenerys to stay a little longer, which ultimately you can argue that it got her dragon killed. And that's something that they don't discuss that John basically, he pushes, he delays Daenerys leaving for just a little bit and Daenerys's dragon gets freaking killed. So I think that that was a missed opportunity. It could be something that they address later on, but I was surprised to, that's what I'll say. I was, I'm, I was a little surprised that Daenerys wasn't a little angry at John that he was like, I'm going to continue fighting. And he didn't. Nah, just she's, a little, she's a little blinded. No, I mean, I wouldn't say that she was like pissed off. I mean, I mean, I understood why he was doing what he was doing because there are, there are whites going after them. So yeah. it was either one of them, one of them was going to get taken down regardless. And then on top of that, I mean, I do think she does address it. I mean, she says the dragons are my children. Like, I'm not gonna have any more. This is it. Yeah, you understand that? So I feel like she does address it. She's like, I, like, I, I don't know if I can. Yeah. 
like I'm gonna risk it, but I don't know if I can take another loss like yeah. that. One one so thing. I just, yeah. Be careful. One thing I will give you is it. She definitely has have has a lot of complicated feelings at the moment when, when she's ha- first talking to John because on the boat because she's happy to see him. She's happy he's awake because she obviously cares about him at this point, and she's upset about her dragon. And she has she's telling him, "I believe you, and I'll fight with you." She's she's been the truth has been confirmed to her about the White Walkers. So she's got a lot of emotions going on, and then John says what he says, that he bends the knee, basically. Um, now, what did you think about that? I liked it because John's, you know, we all basically knew that John's been hanging out with the Wildlings too much. Well, not too much. I mean, not that it's a bad thing, but, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we, don't know that it's, we all know that he's been hanging out with him to the point where, like, he doesn't like to bend the knee to anybody. Mm-hmm. And I really like that Tormund was kind of like his okay, and he was like, Look, man, that's great that you don't want to bend the knee. That's awesome. But how many had to die from from Mets? For like, how many had to die for his pride? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. If he would have just bent the knee, so many lives would have like a lot of people would be alive. Mm-hmm. You know. So I really liked how that was kind of like that was, and I think that John was basically waiting for Tormund's like approval, basically, which which is nice. You know, like I, I feel like that's the only reason why he's been held, holding out for so long is just because he's yeah. been waiting just for this um, authorization kind of i don't think he he's waiting for his approval i to me he knows and this is something i'm very concerned about he knows that the northern lords are not going to be happy about this if he comes back and says i've bent the knee she's our queen they're not going to be happy and that could give sansa what she secretly wants and littlefinger what he obviously wants where the northern lords betray john or they don't trust john anymore um, so that's something I'm kind of worried about. And to me, and this is semi prediction, semi the only way I see this working out in a good way at all. The only way that they accept her as a queen is if he's the king alongside of her. And that's something that I think that's the only way he convinces these northern lords that they should listen to Daenerys is if he comes back and says, she's my queen now. And that's i don't know i i think that that's a possibility i don't think it's the most likely but i think it's a possibility well she's gonna bring her dragons she's gonna bring her that's dragons. true that'll help but i don't think it's a hundred percent the northern lords are still dragons, stubborn they're still stubborn yeah i don't know man it, it's gonna be i don't know i i don't think they're gonna reunite this season unfortunately which kind of pisses me off because I, I would like yeah. to see, yeah i would have liked to see them all kind of reunited again but Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Do you think, one last thing before we sign out of here, yeah. do you think that Cersei's going to die next episode? I hope so, but, oh, man. Um, I'm going to say no. Well, I'm going to say no, but I think we have some sort of major death this episode. Who that is, I don't know. I think it's going to be Cersei, because... I feel like they brought like they bring the White Walker, and she's gonna try to say like, all right, like let's take let's take him out, let's go, like like this this stupid like we can we can handle that by ourselves. We still need to take Daenerys and her dragons, and I feel like Jaime's gonna be the one taking her out. Maybe I I don't know I I don't think it's Cersei yet. I think that they have proven that. She- like it or not she is a major part of this story moving forward and i still think that that's the case 
Um, but I guess it depends what you think is going to happen next season, which is a discussion we'll have next week. Um, all right, I guess that's the end of our Game of Thrones discussion. Uh, Dennis, I think your major takeaway should be you need to watch the show. <laughs> um, yeah, but... he he currently left right now. Oh, did he, he leave a, the room? <laughs> yeah, he had a phone call. But like okay. he, he said to me, he's like, did I really need to watch the show? And I was yeah. like, yeah, you do, man. You really do. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, well, I guess. Yeah, but he had to take a phone call. Real quick. Okay. Do you want to sign out then? Um, or do you want to do recommendations? I don't know what you want to do. Uh, we, we're running kind of long. We should probably just sign out, I guess. Yeah, I mean, our recommendations is definitely watch Defenders and definitely watch Game of Thrones if you're yeah, not watching you Game go. of Thrones. I mean, Dennis clearly said, I've only watched a few episodes, but man, I need to get into the show. <laughs> Take it for someone who's not a Game of Thrones fan. He said it here. Come on, watch Game of Thrones, guys. Do the right All thing. All right, Carlos. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media? All right. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cheery456. And, of course, make sure you follow us on social media, all at ScreenFellas, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, the YouTube channel. Enrique and Ozzy are doing great stuff over there. And then the website, Brianna, is going to be doing great stuff moving forward for the next next couple of months because she went on a little vacation. And she's going to be back this week, and we're going to move full steam ahead, I am pretty sure, moving forward with the website. So be on the lookout for that, because she does great stuff there. Awesome, awesome. And yes, and find me on the YouTube channel. Check us out. We do Game of Thrones recaps there, and I'm going to be shortly doing uh, small movie reviews there. Just trying to figure out how the whole schedule is going to work. Still trying to figure that out. But definitely keep an eye out for that. You guys can also check me out on Twitter. Castro, Ozzy, and also if you have any recommendations, any films, TV shows, any type of film discussion, anything like that that you guys want us to bring up on the show uh, or, or on the YouTube channel, please feel free to email me at ozzy.castro at screenfellows.com. Guys, we hope you enjoyed the show. Please feel free to listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube. Check us out on YouTube. This is Screen Fellas.